to the cloud. Oh, got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> so today on the Plant Cutting Podcast, we have Laura Galora. And uh, we've both known uh, Laura uh, since about the same time that we met Amanda Breeze, who we interviewed uh, a little while ago, because mm-hmm. uh, they're both in the Rail Yard Ghosts. Um, and that, that, yeah, we've had fun, like, traveling around, uh, playing shows and doing all sorts of stuff. Um, so that's how we met. And uh, we're going to talk about this uh, new deck that you put out, a divination deck called Hobomancy, which... yeah. It's really sweet, and you're doing a limited edition of it, uh, first edition, all about your, you know, making the booklets by hand and everything. It's really amazing. Um, yeah, I, it's fun to get into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but so you're, you yeah. also you also are kind of a plant person and into into magic and divination and traveling. Um, but I guess you pre- primarily this is primarily about like magic and divination. So uh, and also you have a re- really interesting backstory. So how, how did you get into the, the path of magic? Um, the path of magic started <laughs> practically. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was a kid, um, I was taking acting classes from a really inspiring teacher named Kether Axelrod. Um, and at the age of 11 years old, I was cast as the young... Uh, Nicole Kidman in the movie Practical Magic. Wow. And remember it came out and I was talking with one of my friends and my friend was like, Laura, you're a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I am a witch. (laughs) That resonates. (laughs) And so I just embraced it and rolled with it from there. (laughs) That's That's really, really, really cool. We just found out <laughs> about that today. We were like looking at your website and it was like, oh, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's probably um, like the most, I think it's like the most famous, like, which. Yeah, definitely. At least in our ge- generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. I got lucky, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, totally. but you didn't, you didn't follow the acting path did you I mean I yeah I didn't (laughs) it's true I tried to like right after college I moved to LA for a year um but it was just really obvious after a year of living in LA that that was not the place for me to be um just you know kind of a superficial vibe and um yeah um and so I kind of had like a like a freak out and one of my friends not a freak out but you know I was just like over it Mm -hmm. and one of my friends called me up and was like we'd been talking in high school about how we always wanted to go to the jungle travel around the jungle and he was like hey I'm graduating college you want to go to the jungle with me and I was like yes I do um I'm ready to leave this place and yeah so we that's like how my traveling life began which has been a huge part of the past 15 years of my life so yeah I mean yeah when we met you you were traveling and uh I mean the rail yard ghost is sort of the epitome of a traveling band (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know how many shows we hop trains to to get to. <laughs> the whole like we ten person band yeah. hopping on train. Would yeah. you like hop different <laughs> trains or like get on the same one? Oh, far too often we would get on the same one, and there would be like, <laughs> and then we would get caught. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be hard for like scheduled shows because when I, we may have toured a little a different way but like we were like you know we had like a show every night mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were each like four hours apart so it was insane but uh yeah. <laughs> did you do that <laughs> um I think they were scheduled out slightly we would have like a day or two <laughs> but yeah. Also just really, you know, adrenaline fueled. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and you know, we definitely would hitchhike too when it was like cutting it close. Um, I remember there was one show, it, we were cutting it so close we wound up taking a taxi to the show because nobody would give us a ride. <laughs> no. So where did you travel around? You you said you went to South America. Were you mostly traveling around the States or did you go make it all the way around the world? Like where have you gone? Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, that South America trip was the first was where I started. And mm-hmm. then I got back to the States and um yeah, started traveling around the States. Like I went to my first rainbow gathering and you know, met traveler kids. Um uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah shortly after I started riding trains and then a couple years in I met really your ghosts um they had a big 42 foot long school bus at the time which was pretty fun uh <laughs> and so we started traveling around that way um uh let's see about seven years ago uh we took a tour through Europe which was really cool um so that that was a cool trip we started in Ireland and I made it as far east as Ukraine Mm. and far south as Croatia and I flew back home through Norway so I got to see a pretty good (laughs) chunk um and then one of the coolest trips that I've done that was just like so I don't even have words for it it was just amazing Mm -hmm. um I one of my best friends lives in Uganda Mm -hmm. um just right next to Kenya for some reference um and I went and visited her for three months and that was amazing um you know you literally drive down the road and there's like elephants in the backwoods you know (laughs) and that was actually that was um the first time that I got really into illustrating like working on a drawing like more than just one day you know like I was taking those three months I think I made about four or five illustrations Mm -hmm. and during that three months and it was like every day I would like you know have my coffee with my friend Merritt and be drawing and that's really got me onto the illustration path, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. Mm, cool. So that was- yeah. So you, 
so for you made all of the illustrations for this deck. I sure did. Right. There's, there's so <laughs> many. This is a. Yeah. So cool. There's they're so one. cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's 64 of them. I think I drew about 75 or so. Yeah. But, you know, I love alchemy and that idea of like distillation. Um, yeah. And so I just, I put them through a distillation process to just hone down my, down to my favorites, you know, down yeah. to the ones that they really carried a, a message. Right. That's cool. So, so what was the process like in creating the deck? Uh, like, how did you get the idea for it? And then how did you, you know, bring that down into material re reality? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was traveling around, uh, and just on a whim, I bought some index cards. Um, and yeah, uh, I bought the index cards and then like a day or two later, we rolled into Chicago and we were down in, in downtown Chicago. And I just started drawing what I saw. Mm -hmm. um, and that card eventually would become the city card. That was the first card that I started with. That's what we just were pulling, looking at. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Pull it up. But yeah, um, there it is. There it is. <laughs> so yeah, that's based on Chicago. Um, and then actually to finish that card, I went and visited Amanda in Toronto. Um, and we went up to the CN Tower because I was like, I want to see a city from above. It's like I needed the visual to like be able to finish the card. Um, but anyways, tangent. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was in Chicago, drew that card or like started drawing that card. And then I just kept drawing. It was like every morning, you know, we would like wake up, find somewhere to have coffee. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, while we we're like hanging out, talking I would just draw and that was like part of my morning ritual cool. and yeah that and I was still really heavily traveling at that time so those cards came with me from Chicago to New Orleans I went up to Alaska they made it as far down south as Guatemala mm -hmm. uh, just yeah down all around um and in several modes of travel as well. So there's definitely many like train related ones, hence mm -hmm. the title Hobo Mancy. Yeah. Um, but I also like did this really cool bicycle tour with my friend Kevin. Um, and some of, there's other folks that joined us too, but that was like through Louisiana and Florida and parts of, and I think we went through Mississippi and Alabama too. Um, that was really cool. If yeah. anybody feels like a bicycle tour, highly suggested. It. It's really fun. Mm. And then, yeah, hitchhiking. Um, there's a couple planes in there, planes, trains, and automobiles. Yep. <laughs> and bicycles. And bicycles. Yep. And lots of walking. So much walking. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of walking. Yeah. Well, so this actually. A lot of our listeners might not have really any reference for what traveling in that way is like. Um, yeah. Like, what what is it like to hop a train uh, to not know where you're going to sleep? Find um, a place find to drink a, coffee. Yeah. Like, what what, what <laughs> window into that lifestyle? Yeah, I'll start by saying it's not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <It's> <laughs> 
<laughs> the movies make it seem pretty dreamy and romantic, but you know, like you get wet when it rains. Um, <laughs> but it's also amazing. Like there's something so magical about sleeping on the earth under the stars for so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like having that connection with the earth and with nature mm-hmm. was so cool. Um, and it really made connecting with with plants and with nature just so much more tangible, you know? It was like, yeah. uh, we call, for, during the last album that we recorded with the Royal Yard Ghosts, we called it Dirt Worship, you know? Um, mm-hmm. just, yeah, having a real connection. And, you know, it definitely takes a curious spirit. Um, so like you know in an adventurous one you know you're kind of like there will be there's definitely many days where I woke up without any money and I'd be like all right well I guess we have to figure this out Uh (laughs) Um, so uh yeah whether it was like dumpster diving or like busking music busking on the street playing music on the street to you know make enough money for breakfast or whatever it was or and also just like the kindness of strangers right is also like really incredible yeah also how mean they can be (laughs) (laughs) you like the extremes of humanity when you're like traveling by backpack right for sure it's true yeah but there's also that like flow state that you get into where you know as one problem arises, the solution is literally right around the corner and totally. you're just totally. like, oh, I had this problem. But then like literally the next person I talk to has the solution. I'm in some sort of flow. Yeah. We would yeah. call it presto manifesto. Nice. Yep. Presto manifesto. They could use a new pair of shoes and then you turn the corner and like you're saying you know there's just like somebody like put their old shoes on the street or whatever you know yeah. um manifesto yeah. they're my size yeah yeah it is <laughs> so cool. yeah there's something about that <laughs> yeah there <laughs> there seems to be there's a looseness when you're traveling, there's more opportunity for random things to happen, Yeah, you know? And, you know, I, yeah. I, I never really traveled that much in that way. I was more, I we toured, you know, that kind of traveling and I did a lot of busking and like, you know, that kind of thing, but it's, it's definitely a, a different way of being. You're, you're just like letting the, you know, totally. the, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're on the universe. Americans are so time obsessed. And that was a really cool thing was just like losing track of time, you know, like just living outside of time maybe, right. or just like more did with like the sun and like the natural cycles of what was going on as opposed to like, you know, yeah. whatever first said. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that was, that in the moment. Cool. Yeah. That was a really cool lesson that I got um, from my trip to Uganda because Africans in general are just really, their conception of time is so different. Hmm. And I, you know, it was like, you can say, let's meet at four o'clock and you can pretty much expect them to six o'clock is actually what <laughs> you'll be meeting up. <laughs> yeah. And it was 
because I got back to the States after that trip and I was like hanging out at a punk house in Pittsburgh and uh, (laughs) nobody had jobs, but it was like every hour or two, somebody would ask what time it was. And I was like, Hmm. you guys, like, (laughs) it didn't matter. That's funny. (laughs) Gordon White actually talks about this in his, oh. Realized how time obsessed Americans are. It's like, you're really, or maybe it's just Western culture in general, but like way more tied to the clock. Gordon White talks about this in his book Anna Dot Mystic, uh, his most recent one, and it's like when when you're in in South America and you're going fishing, you know, when do you meet up at fishing time? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, it's fishing time. Yeah, yeah, and you catch the train when the train comes, right? Right. <laughs> when they go busking at busking time. <laughs> yeah. When does the show start? At at punk time. Dark thirty. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so- the closest, like that's like rainbow time. You're like, ah, oh, dark, dark 30, you know, somewhere yeah. I, I love those spaces when you're outside of time, when you don't have to have a watch, when you're like. Oh, when's next? What, what's the flow? Where are we going? Let's just look at the map and pick a place. Like that yeah. kind of, uh, freedom. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. But Isaac had asked you too, like, like what's like the picture of like a traveling culture, like tell, like to tell our listeners about that. And I feel like your whole divination deck and the book is such a deep dive into that. And like people, like, I feel like if you're an archeologist and you're like going back and looking at, you know, different cultures, like you've like picked, you've basically like outlined the whole like traveling culture, you know, of our, our friends and, and many people I've never met who are still like our friends in the traveling scene or whatever, but like, you've really, you know, (laughs) it's really cool. And there's lots of, um, and and that was just, um, experiences that I've had, um, some, like some of the cards were drawn straight from life. You know, it was like, I would be there in the scenario and just, you know, jot down, like, all right, this is what I see. And then others was from memory. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, just like times that have passed. Um, and yeah, others, not, yeah. Um, experiences that we share. Yeah. Yeah, kind and of yeah. Experiences. Like folk punk, um, hobo life uh hitchhiking yeah dumpster diving all of all of that good stuff traveling the traveling musician lifestyle it is, yeah totally you've got a card called punk house and like your water card is like a picture of a jug you know like a jug of plastic <laughs> jug of water <laughs> and that's like what you need if you're getting on a train yeah 100 <laughs> percent um but yeah, there's also just like a lot of connection. You can tell that you're really connected to nature too, because a lot of the moral of the story of the card type things or the DIY section, which we should talk about too, but like um, a lot of the suggestions that you offer are like sit with the tree and breathe and meditate and con- connect with nature and like look at the stars and 
you know, remember that you do exist outside time space and, and, you know, you do connect like in a deep way to nature. Um, and in this, in like a traveling lifestyle or, and even just like a modern Western lifestyle, it can be like hard to like make that time space to do that. And so you're really encouraging people to like stop doom scrolling and start yeah. trees. <laughs> like that's literally in there. <laughs> really helped me with that because I sent I had made the zine so the zine like or the booklet basically that goes along with it um was a lot me doing a lot of research into positive psychology was probably my my number one mm -hmm. um resource but then also like stoicism intuition development um inner child shadow work mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but so I had, it was like, almost like everyone was journal prompts, essentially. Yeah, right. Um, and Amanda really helped me like, distill my ideas and, and be like, I, I had like this, the concept of like having a story and having an exercise or a DIY. Mm -hmm. um, but she really helped me like, clarify the vision to be like, yeah, each, so each story is like really a story from the road to like kind yeah. of put people apart and like, you know, just like a fun imagination space. And then with the DIY, she was like, this is a lot of journaling and writing, which is cool, but maybe like other things too. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, definitely like, <laughs> Not everyone is a hardcore journaler. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, and just also important to connect to in, in different ways, you know, there's so many ways to learn. And, right. and this so is I wanted to put in different, different modes of learning. Mm -hmm. This is Amanda Breeze, who we interviewed a couple weeks ago for the, our listeners who might not shoot. Uh, yes. She helped you with all the editing and all that yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, immensely. She was awesome. Cool. And I was curious, too, if you based it at all on the tarot deck or if you were inspired at all by tarot or have you just not, like, have you worked with tarot much yourself or? Yeah, so um, my acting teacher that I mentioned, Kether, um, I got, I was probably like, 15 years old and I was super interested in tarot and she was pre pretty esoteric lady herself mm -hmm. and so I went over to her house one afternoon and she we like sat down and we went over each card and so I got like a pretty in-depth introduction to the tarot at a fairly Aww. young age yeah um, so I really like tarot but for me I'm like I'm <laughs> I'm into practical magic yeah <laughs> you know like I, I love tarot but like sometimes it's like so so like mental and etherical and metaphorical and I'm like I just tell me to go sit under a tree you know <laughs> like tell me to go do some things but I want specifics or I like I, I like tangible things yeah and I feel like you know um yeah tarot is amazing and beautiful and magical but it it's its own thing and so I just wanted to try something different 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I there's a couple of nods to tarot for sure. Like the traveler and the moon yeah. are definitely nods to uh, tarot. Mm-hmm. So the traveler is that like the fool? Yeah. yeah. With the little doogle dog and the cliff. Little doogle dog. <laughs> I have a background in tarot, but um it, I just wanted to create something more freeform. Yeah. Or freeform, I don't know how to say it, but I just wanted it to be, I don't know, the project kind of took on a life of its own honestly I don't even know if it was necessarily like a conscious decision wow this I don't know it's been such a cool process like it's I've been working on Hobomancy for like I think it was about four and a half years before it went to print um so it feels like I just had an art baby which is pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) and you know it honestly just feels like it just like came out of me (laughs) yeah because you weren't really like like some people said about making a divinatory deck with this like end goal in mind where they're like okay I need this many cards how am I going to get through all these cards but you kind of did it opposite where you were like I made these cards like I'm making a deck you're like it's happening (laughs) so I was making a deck till I got about 20 cards in and I was Uh like looking next cards and I was like wait a minute (laughs) so it definitely it felt like a a very intuitive process yeah and it's just amazing how much you covered with it too where it's like all these like important life lessons that you know are revealed in the cards where it's like kind of surprising that it wasn't an intentional process where you were working backwards from like these major life experiences that everyone has but like you really right. did cover a lot from in the, yeah in- I mean so it's like, amazing. It, when you travel you cover a lot of life yeah. lessons like yeah. traveling is kind of like life with the volume turned up <laughs> yeah. um and so I feel like I've learned so many important things so the fact that like there, I'm not surprised that like, you know, it makes sense that they're all in there because there just were, have been so many important lessons that I've learned and like making the cards was a really cool reflection of like times in the past and, and um, yeah, just uh, different. And, and also with the uh, research that I did, um, that was like another phase too of being like, all right, what do I want to talk about? What do I want to share? What do I want to help people learn? Like the project definitely has the goal of like, I want to make the world a better place, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so there was definitely that aim in mind. Like, how do I help heal this broken world? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it, it has like a higher goal in mind, but um, well, I feel like it can feel that intuitively. Mm-hmm. So you also like uh, made a new language. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 
What, yeah. where, where did this, where did this, it's like a, a, a magical alphabet. Where did that? There is, it does include a magical alphabet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how, where did that come Although from? Code, okay. <laughs> um, I actually, so that is definitely not an original idea. There are a lot of magical alphabets in the yeah. world. First time I ever saw one actually was from Riley Coyote, um, who is the lead singer of, or not the lead singer, but you know, one of the founding members of Ring Real Your Ghost. The ringleader. Uh, O'Reilly. Yeah. O'Reilly. Yeah. Um, right when we first met up, you know, we were like showing each other like pictures of, of art and like from our journal and stuff. And I saw that he had this script in there, this magical alphabet. And I was like, whoa. And I'm like a total, I love puzzles and, you know, breaking codes and stuff. And I was like, whoa, let me, let me see that picture. And like, <laughs> was able to like crack his alphabet in about a day. And he was like pretty impressed and, or I at least cracked like half of the, the letters I would say. And he like clued me in on, on some of the other ones. And so that definitely like sparked the idea and then I think I used his alphabet for a while. And then at some point just like created my own, which has been really cool for like uh, spell work or intentional work mm -hmm. or just, you know, trying to manifest mm. things into being the old presto manifesto mm -hmm. um, intentions. It's, it's just, it's, I would suggest to anyone who's interested to invent their own magical alphabet, you know, just go out there, look at the symbols, pick some that are meaningful to you and mm -hmm. go from there. Um, so it's, it's a really cool, I don't know, brain exercise or yeah, connection. Definitely. Well, and it, it also makes your brain um, like think in a different way about the image that you're seeing too. It's like you pull a card, especially when you first get the deck and you don't really know it yet. And you're like, okay, everyone's sitting around a campfire and this moon, half moon looks like a C and this like, you know, triangle line that looks maybe like an air element sign, like that could be an A. And so you're like, your brain is working to understand it with like images rather than with like, depending on the English language, which is so limiting. So it's like, you're right drawing meaning from you know just the images and the symbols even before you know what it says yeah which is cool <clears throat> yeah you know I mean and you know what what is magic really other than you know using putting meaning to symbols yeah you know? that's like that's sigil work in a nutshell right there <laughs> yeah right yeah, so so uh, what is what is magic to you, and what what kinds of magic have you uh, focused on, besides just Presto Manifesto, which is very fun too. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I've definitely read a lot about alchemy. That one is definitely um, one that has called me, um, and that idea of like psychological alchemy, you know. Um, yeah. Um, I had another really important teacher growing up, um, named Rabbi Dean, mm. um, who is this Jewish mystic 
Um, I met him when I was about 19 and uh, he taught me about meditation and mysticism and like, you know, healing with intention. Mm. Uh, and yeah, so that I, I definitely got into the meditation side as well. Like the first, I feel like the first time I really was like, whoa, magic is real, uh, <laughs> was I was with him in his apartment um, in San Francisco and he had run down the stairs for something. He lived on the third story of this apartment building and he had gone downstairs and he like took a tumble and like oh. knocked his arm and, um, you know, hurt it pretty bad. And uh, he came back up to the apartment and was like, Laura, I need you to be chill. I just took a spill down the stairs. I'm going to meditate. And he meditated for a while. And then um, he was like, okay, actually, can you help me? Can you, can we meditate together and like help me with my arm? And I was like, okay, yeah. Um, and so it was like a pretty intense, like meditation session of just like, you know, creating a healing space. And then he like felt this like pop and it, this huge sense of relief. And uh, yeah. And then later that night we were cooking dinner and he, you know, tiny San Francisco apartment. He like bumped his arm into the wall because we're like two people in a tiny apartment. Um, and it swelled back up and he was like, okay, I'm going to go to the hospital. I was like, word. Um, and so we went to the hospital and he wound up getting an x-ray and the doctor was like, oh, uh, I can see that you've broken your arm here before. And he's like, no, I've never broken my arm before. And the doctor was like, oh yeah, I can see on this x-ray that like you have broken your arm here, but it looks like you had a really good doctor. That's like a perfect heel. And I oh was like, <laughs> and I was like okay magic's real <laughs> intention is real oh my like, gosh that's intention has power there is more than what meets the eye to this world <laughs> yeah yeah wow and so that was the doctor who had no space for yeah, and like the doctor would have no I, no space for believing that you could actually heal with intention, meditation, and like, you know, that thoughtfulness and that process within a matter of a few yeah. hours, you know. Uh, but yeah. you all were like, oh, shit. That's so cool. <laughs> it's wild. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. That is wild. Um, yeah. So that was, how did you meet that? My how did you meet that? What was that? That's what blew my mind open and blew the, the world of magic open for me. So I was right. like, oh, all right. <laughs> and then you weren't surprised when other magical stuff started rolling in in your life. And, you know, there's always kind of like that surprise of like, yeah. wow, it's still real. You know, like I feel like that surprise never yeah. goes away necessarily, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it never necessarily goes away, but mm -hmm. it is, I don't know. It's like reassuring every time that 
it does work. Totally. And, you know, forget that it works too. And then like, you'll be reflecting on your life and be like, whoa, I just accomplished everything that I set out to accomplish. That's really cool. (laughs) So how did you meet that um, rabbi? What's his name? Rabbi Dean. Rabbi Dean. Um, we met at Burning Man. <laughs> oh, nice. Cool. So you've done the rainbow gatherings and Burning Man and lots yeah, of travel. I, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we met at Burning Man and then his brother lived in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he went and lived with his brother. And so we had, you know, got to spend time together and he was man he was such an important teacher in terms of like mysticism and philosophy and Mm -hmm. just uh, you know kind of he was like that wizard who like peels the curtain back and is like there's more than meets the eye (laughs) Uh yeah that's so cool yeah are there any other teachers um you had your acting teacher that was super influential are there any other teachers that you know were books or books or things that guided you mm. that are uh, prevalent those, those were the two main teachers um mm-hmm. well and then like my band I feel like I've learned so much about um being a human and learning how to communicate and you know, all that good life stuff with them. Um, and then books, um, the Tao physics is up there. That's a really cool one. Mm -hmm. Um, the secret, what's it called? The secret history of magic. Mm -hmm. And I am forgetting the author's name. I feel like a jerk, but, um, that was a really cool one. That was just like a history of magic and just really laid it out there and made it obvious that's that you know like talking about how like we live in a time where the worldview is dominated by materialism where it's like if I can see it and I can touch it then it's real and then this was like but there's another way you know what if you have to think it first for it to be real and yeah so uh you know laid out the the magical bones (laughs) cool Mm -hmm. so why don't we go ahead and do a little reading are you ready for for that is it is it like possible to do a reading for our listeners like for you know a large group like that where we're like what do our listeners need to hear for their greatest good for their greatest healing since that's like the intention sort of behind you making this like whole divination set and book like what lessons do our listeners need to hear or do you think it should it would be better if it was like for us or something okay cool i'm about the collect i think you should pick it okay yeah pick it Yes. Uh, let's see. Pew, pew, pew. All right. Collective healing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I got the river. Oh. 
Rogers <laughs> so much. <laughs> I was super lucky to grow up in Colorado and we, there was a river literally right outside our house and man, I feel like I learned just as much from that river as I have from anything else. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Shall I read it? Yeah. Okay. So here's the story. It's way too hot for life right now. Wiping, dripping sweat. For real. River time? Damn. I was thinking ice cream, but yes, both. (laughs) You grab some hobo combos, ice cream and beer, (laughs) and head to the secret swim spot. It's 1,000 times better than being surrounded by concrete. The water's cool and sweet. The dog plays stick as y'all crack cold drinks. Here, life flows by. A metaphor of the river's journey, flowing forth at the source of a little smoky mountain creek. Blue Ridge Mountain trickle, drop by drop. Streams meet in a confluence of rainwater and snowmelt. Just around the river bend are tall mountains that hug the river tight spinning out eddies and white water rapids. The raging river relaxes into a wide flood plain, meandering lazy down into a delta out to sea. It's the journey of a lifetime. You throw in a handful of flowers that swirl away like a memory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's so and beautiful. The, D, the DIY do it yourself mm-hmm. um the exercise we get stuck like a leaf spinning round and around an eddy the situations we can't let go of painful memories we're not ready to process toxic patterns we can't swim away from i've got it under control it's fine but is it though we cling to suffering because it's familiar we understand it so we're not afraid of it Change can be so terrifying, we'd rather be stressed out, staying in abusive situations where we sacrifice our own happiness rather than feel the relief of releasing something awful. We invent stories to keep ourselves stuck. I can't, I'll never, I shouldn't. Yeah, those ones. So instead of learning to let go, we hold on tighter. But trying to control life is like holding water in your hands. You might get a few, uh, trying to control life is like holding water in your hands to drink. You might get a few sips, but wouldn't it be easier to swill straight from the stream? Grab your journal, take some big gulps of air, and let's work on moving obstacles out of the way from your flow of happiness. Start by describing a dream you let die or a big regret you have. Think about what story allowed you to walk away from what you love. And now rewrite that story with a different ending. You chase that dream to the end of the rainbow. Write about or imagine yourself succeeding. If you imagine it, close your eyes and see the details. And now let's dig deeper. What causes the most stress in your life? Write about your reaction to it. What you do, what you say, what you think and feel. Brainstorm better ways to respond. Brain maps, a brain map ways you could alleviate or dissolve that stress. What are you able to change? 
If you can't change something, can you let it go, even in small ways? Name the fears that keep you from moving forward. Dig deep. Get real. Whoa. Breathe. Breathe. Amazing work. Facing our fears is hard, but doing so can feel like taking rocks out of our backpacks. A lighter load makes it easier to accept ourselves. Tell yourself you love you and that you're doing great. We're all only exactly where we're at and we're in it together. Finish with a river meditation. Take a silent moment of gratitude for everything that's flowing smoothly. Ta-da. I feel like that was such a great card <laughs> and such great. I love hearing your voice reading it because I hear your voice, your voice shines and comes through in this writing. And so it's really cool to have you read it because <laughs> it's like, I can hear your voice when I'm reading it. <laughs> oh. so, thank you so much for that. Um, so was that, was that river like inspired from your home river or is it just sort of like a, a general river vibe? One of the, I drew, that was like a draw it in the moment card. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I was in Pittsburgh with Jessica and Carly, and we went down to the river, and uh, yeah, I was like sitting behind them and sketching them. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which river was yeah. it? Oh, man. The Monongahela uh, or Allegheny or the, yeah, Ohio? <laughs> You know, it was kind of like, do you guys want to go to the river? And I was like, yes. So I, <laughs> I, I've spent a lot more time in Pittsburgh than you have. So I like, Pittsburgh. <laughs> I've like popped in here and there, but <laughs> there are a lot of really good river spots. Yeah, sure. totally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, man, there, I mean, there's even just towns that I'm like, what was the name of that town? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny when you hop out somewhere and you're like, you have to ask someone at the gas station, like, what state are we in? <laughs> that's, that's, I, I did have to ask that one time. <laughs> the person just looked at me like, what planet are you from? <laughs> sure. I just gotten off the train it was the days before smartphones you know there was yeah. yes mm -hmm. I did not know which side of the state line I was on <laughs> it happens for sure yeah or you wake up you're in you're in the back of a school bus and you wake up like hours later and you're like really though like where are we <laughs> but totally thank you for that reading yeah you're welcome. I hope it helps. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> where do people uh, all like hand put together? Sorry, but, you cut out. What did you say? So where do you where do you get one of these? You only have like a limited number of copies, right? I do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be printing more in the next couple of months. But yeah, for right now, I just have the first editions. Um, I made a website because we live in the future. Uh, so that's Laura Galora, L-O-R-A-G-A-L-O-R-A. -L -L -O -R -A -L -L -O -R -A. 
dot square dot site. Cool. And so that's my site where you can order it. Uh, you could also just, yeah, order. You could hit me up through Instagram at Galora Galore. Um, yeah, uh, I'm in the process of starting a Patreon because the future, I don't know. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. And then also, if there's any musicians listening, um, I have a songbook website that I started years ago that has a pretty good plethora of folk punk songs on it and just songs from the road. Um, and that's sexy flail, F-L-A-I-L, family.wordpress.com. So yeah, those are my deets. Awesome. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. I love that you've archived all these really amazing um, songs. I feel like you're, yeah, you're, you're good at that <laughs> at archiving and like, I don't know, writing, writing it all down. And I feel like this is a testament to that, you know, in the sexy flail fam site is a testament to that too, because a lot of the songs and a lot of these like experiences are like kind of ephemeral. They kind of like, I don't know this, the song you didn't hear it in person and you didn't write down in your journal, then like, and you didn't grok it, then that song's gone. You know, like, when are you going to see that person that you met on the side of the road or the side of the track? Like, when are you going to see them next? (laughs) So you lose a music, a songbook journal or, you know, I've also like just been going through old songbooks from the past too. I've been like, whoa that song that time that place I don't know yeah so magic <laughs> it is so magic for sure well this is <laughs> this has been a great conversation thank you for being on the show Laura yeah thank you so much for having me guys it's good to see you again yeah, yeah. it's so good to see you too and and thanks for Hobomancy I love your art baby <laughs> I love my art And I'm so glad that it's finding homes out in the world. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, thanks again, Laura. Bye. Bye.